0: You can find me, me at Aaron Hill TV, v at Aaron Hill TV, v at Aaron Hill TV, v at Aaron Hill TV. V, at Aaron Hill TV, dot TV on IG. I will not be attending your exhausting Zoom gathering. <laughs> so this is an article response video, and I was happen to, I uh, happened to be browsing on uh, Google and came across this, and so it caught my attention, so I wanted to read it and respond to it. If you're watching live, I just put the link in the comment section, and if you're watching afterwards, it's in the description. I will not be attending your exhausting Zoom gathering. (laughs) This is by Christina Carterucci. At the beginning of this stretch of self-isolation, I crave the sight of my loved ones' faces. Seeing them on my laptop screen and hearing about their lives would briefly drive out the loneliness and disorientation of my newly apartment-bound life. Lending my day of uh, I'm sorry, lending my day a pretense of normalcy. That would last for hours after our calls i can relate to that too hey yvette thanks for hanging out <laughs> andre thanks for hanging out but over the nearly two months that i've been replacing cocktail parties and dinners out with zoom chats i've noticed a change specifically zoom hangouts drive me nuts <laughs> i've tried to parse what makes zoom so exhausting for me i feel like an emotional bereft alien struggling to comprehend the mysteries of human connection that's interesting i can understand that what makes a meat space gathering a, <laughs> a life affirming source of intimacy My cat is over here playing with pistachio shells on the floor. You want to say hi? Okay, not right now. All right. (laughs) What makes a meat space gathering a life-affirming source of intimacy and a digital one a simulacrum? I never heard that before. Never heard that word. That'd be the next word of the day. S-I-M-U-L-A-C-R-U-M. Hugging my friends is nice, but really seeing and hearing them and having them see and hear me is what I like best about our time together. If I can do that just fine on my computer, why doesn't it feel the same? My internal alien (laughs) has identified the lack of normal eye contact as one central pitfall of of the video chat experience. Talk to someone over FaceTime or Zoom and they'll never quite meet your eyes. They'll spend the time, uh, they'll spend the call looking at their screen a few inches below or to the side of their camera, giving you the perpetual feeling of trying to get the attention of someone who's ever so slightly preoccupied. Once, on a Skype call many years ago, a friend looked directly into her camera to say something heartfelt to me with the approximation of true eye contact. The effect was jarring. I didn't fully realize that we hadn't been making eye contact until she was suddenly staring straight into my soul from inside my screen. So I'm actually gonna try that here. So right now I'm actually looking directly at the camera, um, the little teeny camera on my iPhone. And usually I wouldn't do that because of the fact that I feel like I'm looking more at people if I look here. And if I look here, like if I see my homie Daryl Williams, say hello to him, how you doing bro? Good to see you, man. Um, Yvette, Andre, everybody else here. I feel like I'm looking more so at you when I'm looking in this direction because I'm looking at your names and at your comics. But the truth be speaking, if I wanted to look directly at you, I would be looking this way. So just, and I like to play with psychology or I like the, you know, the fascination of it. So with that, tell me, even as I'm looking here, does it feel, do I feel more connected to you looking this way? I can imagine that I would, Um and what I probably should do for now and on is start to glance back and forth from time to time. So that way I can like hear, like she's saying, I can make sure that that connection is there. So anyway, uh, she says, I didn't fully realize we had been making full eye contact until she was suddenly staring straight into my soul from the inside of the screen. She was gazing at her computer's eye, not mine, and could actually see less of my face than when she was looking at the screen. That's what I just said, too. Yet, I felt strangely, uncomfortably exposed. When I recently tried it on a video call with my niece and nephew in an attempt to make them laugh, it gave me the unsettling impression of carrying on a conversation (laughs) with Hal 9000, H-A-L (laughs) 9000, which is, I guess, the name of her, her, uh, her camera, who'd been watching me... Uh, watch the kids throughout our call. Uh, FaceTime, perhaps, even more eerily, has a new feature that attempts eye contact correction to make it appear you're looking directly at each other even when you're not. That's strange. <laughs> that's probably, like, cool, but that's probably, that's, that's kind of strange to me at the same time. Even if you don't think you miss locking eyes with your loved ones or colleagues, your brain might. Eye contact plays a documented role and successful human communication. One 2017 study from the University of Cambridge found that when infants and adults locked eyes, their brain waves were better able to synchronize. That's pretty deep. A 2019 study from the National Institute for Psychological Sciences in Japan suggests that eye contact primes the baby for empathy. We're also wow, that's deep right there. I gotta stop on that tip and look you right in your eyes, my computer eye, my my phone. That's really interesting right there. I mean to think about that because you know empathy is something I talk about regularly, and I do believe, especially in person-to-person contact, that that connecting with people in that way, locking straight into the eyes, you know, really giving them your attention, taking the time to show them like that you care and that you're listening that it makes a difference you know um, yeah so I can I can really understand that so what I'm going to do is divide up my time between the two looking here because that's when I feel connected to you and looking here because that's when you feel more connected to me so that's really interesting we're all we're also accustomed to picking up on messages our interlocutors send with their bodies which give us clues about their comfort level the direction and intensity of their focus and whether they are preparing to speak. A typical video call impairs three ingrained abilities. I'm sorry, these ingrained abilities. A typical video call impairs these ingrained abilities and requires sustained and attention to words instead, which is what I'm watching here. Words like that my friends are entering the building. <laughs> so... Julia uh, Sklar wrote in a National Geographic piece about Zoom fatigue. Whether a viewer's screen displays several participants in a conference or just one, according to Sklar, the brain becomes overwhelmed by unfamiliar access, excess, I'm sorry, excess stimuli while being hyper focused on searching for nonverbal cues that it can't find. That's really interesting because I understand every bit of that. Um, a couple years ago, I was showing a friend of mine, uh, something on the computer and I had my laptop and I was showing this person some stuff on my computer. And as I was using my mouse to go where I wanted to on the screen, he was an older gentleman. And I noticed he was like looking at every single place where the mouse moved. And I noticed that and I was like, wow. I didn't say anything to him because, you know, it was the way that he was keeping up. But I was thinking to myself, like, that's got to be really fatiguing, like just looking everywhere like that. And for me, being a person who uses the computer way more than he did, I kind of sit back and I don't follow the mouse everywhere. My eyes can just see where it's going, even if somebody else is using it. I don't have a need to follow it that much. But because he didn't use the computer, the way his psyche worked was to just follow the, the thing. So I can understand, you know, in that way when you're interacting with people and there's much more to look at and pay attention to than to just focus in on their eyes that really can be overwhelming to the brain um and i can understand the zoom fatigue and the fact that your brain is searching for nonverbal cues all the time because of being used to a particular kind of interaction This gets at another reason for video chat fatigue, the opposite of the eye contact problem. You have to look at each other's faces the entire time. There are rarely natural breaks in conversations on Zoom as there might be a typical group dinner or coffee date and it's much harder to have a comfortable silence or manage an uncomfortable one. Stop clawing on my chair. Hey, you wanna say hi? Come say hi. You're making all this noise. You might be. Oh, so you're just going to grab... She just grabbed everything she could to not come up. Well, all right, man. <laughs> it's okay. You know? I really didn't want to show you to the world anyway, you know? Rick, thanks for hanging out. Tony, thanks for hanging out. <laughs> so I really do understand this. It says... Or it says it makes it harder to have a comfortable silence or manage an uncomfortable one when all parties are staring at one another nonstop. There's no peeking out a window, no studying a menu, no people watching, no helping out in the kitchen kitchen or asking about a host record collection. There's only talking and in a video chat with more than two uh, participants, striking a normal conversational rhythm is nearly impossible. Now, that that part I do understand. Um, I thought about that as I've been in Zoom chats. I have paid attention to, like, when I speak because I don't want to interrupt because you can only hear one person at a time. And like she's saying, you don't have those other cues to be able to feed off of, to have a natural rhythm. So, you know... It's a lot different. (laughs) So, they said that, uh, she said that, uh, add in differing (laughs) internet lag times and the inability to hear multiple people speaking at once and every group discussion becomes group monologuing as Ashley Fetters termed it in The Atlantic. The patron saint of lively repartee rolls over in her grave with every wait what was that <laughs> <laughs> sorry you go ahead and hang on you just froze that is true the whole conversation differs on a very funny tip that for some people might be like literally aggravating or annoying and to other people like myself that are uh full-time fools this this uh, video that I'm gonna tell you about is hilarious. Look up Key and Peel, K E Y uh, and Peel, P E E L E. Look up Key and Peel Skype conversation. <laughs> it's a Skype conversation that's supposed to happen and never happens, but the but they're trying to talk. It. So you'll see you'll see the rest. I won't spoil the rest. <laughs> um yeah so it's really interesting when you when you think about it so she says you know then there's the part where i have to look at myself in real life entire i'm sorry where i have to look at myself in real life entire minutes can pass by without my thinking about the angle of my chin the texture of my skin or the shadows under my eyes it's much harder to feel fully immersed in the company of family or friends, when my attention is split between the content, of, the content of the conversation and a moving image of my own face, each glance to check whether I'm properly framed in the video feed takes me out of the <laughs> exchange, redirecting some of my scattered focus back toward myself and inhibiting the ego suppression that marks moments of true intimacy. Wow. So she has the psychology the psychology of this thing broken down to a sign. Like, and I like the way she's putting it, too, because it's real eloquent. It makes me think about how I've been doing this for a while. You know, Many people see me on camera, and they're like, wow, you look so natural. You feel so natural on camera. Well, the truth be told, like right now, I'm moving my hair. I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at you, and I'm also engaging. It doesn't feel awkward to me anymore, even though I'm in a room like... For all intents and purposes talking to myself <laughs> you know but it takes time to get used to and i can understand for some people how it's like ridiculously hard to get used to and then some people are like myself i just feel at home and on the camera <laughs> yeah so i've i've been able to get over like the self-conscious thing on a camera you know one thing i like to do is this i like to come on camera doing stuff like combing my beard and stuff like that and using the camera as a mirror. And the reason why is because it allows you to let go of being self-conscious immediately. I mean, after you've combed your face on camera or like looked to see if you had anything in your teeth on camera then like, what do you have to be afraid of after that? Like, Yeah. (laughs) So that's how it works. Um, So yeah, I think these are things that you could do to help. You just have to get used to it you know zoom conversations are not only around now but they will be around in the future there's going to be some people some organizations some groups some corporations that realize you know that doing this zoom conferencing thing is really really helpful and they might switch their whole formulas to that or some of their formula to be able to save you know on gas or time or to make it more convenient for people like it's going to be a part of our mix so we might as well just start to prepare and get used to it. And that's why I'm reading this article because I do understand both sides of the coin, you know? All right, anyway, here's the, here's the last part of this. We're, we're about maybe halfway through. So she said, um, don't get me wrong, I'm not opposed to being looked at. In fact, since the start of the COVID-19 lockdown, I've developed a new appreciation for the now lost joys, I'm sorry, for the now lost joys of seeing and being seen in person. Andre, thanks for hanging out. Occasionally before a Zoom call, I'll put on a glitzy dress and mascara to mimic the anticipatory (laughs) buzz of getting ready for a night out. But video chatting offers the worst of both worlds when it comes to this peacocking. I don't get a break from looking at myself when I enter a room with friends and they can't fully appreciate my eyeliner. I'm more conscious and sometimes critical of my own appearance, appearance, and none of us can see one another's shoes. (laughs) Jason, thanks for hanging out. That's true. As well as you can't see things like what I have on below this shirt, or if I have anything on. (laughs) In this case, I do, but you never know. (laughs) In other words, on a video call, there's too much information about the self and not enough about the others. All right, you ready to go out? Okay, she's ready to go out. And so now I'm gonna let my cat out because she is ready. She's done hearing me talk about how she can she can get better at seeing you all on live stream. Anyway, hold on one second y'all. Alright, I'm ready to let you out. You good? You ready to go? So good. You're welcome. <laughs> so usually when I let her out, usually when I let her out, she gives me this like, this. she turns around and is like, meow. It's like a thank you. Like, thank you. Alright, anyway. So too much information about the self and not enough about the others fully aware of my every fleeting facial expression thanks to my front facing camera i find myself over-remoting to make sure my reactions come through when those little verbal accents and acknowledgements that keep conversations flowing get lost social instincts that usually require little conscious effort are now taking up space in my brain i can understand that draining the energy i used to devote to the substance of a conversation you know that really is something to talk a lot about because when you prepare for a zoom call you you prepare in a whole different way than if you were just kind of hanging out with some people you know um i still lean on the optimistic side though where i say that we're learning and gaining more skills um than anything else, like we're adding dimension to us. So in the future, we'll better understand how to feel natural and flow through mediums like this and not feel so awkward, as well as our, you know, live and in-person meetings. It won't ever take the place of it. I don't think it's supposed to. I just look at it like adding depth to it. Renee, thanks for hanging out. Like even this aspect, I talk about this uh, all the time for years I think back into the you know I'm an 80s baby right so I think back in the 80s when this wasn't possible it wasn't possible for me to have a thought and to be able to bring that thought to hundreds thousands of people at one time just like from my phone where they could talk to me and see me and I could say hi and then I could do stuff like this and press buttons and wave to them and impart information that might help them when I figure it out and stuff like like just wasn't possible so it offers a lot of benefits and so my deal is instead of demonizing things like let's just look at the benefits and let's just you know work with the benefits understand the cons because everything has cons and then just work to balance it out it's not going anywhere so the best thing is to get used to it all right so i'm gonna make a quick switch Take my microphone out and plug in my charger, cause my phone's about to die if I don't. <laughs> so she said, uh, "If it all sounds, <laughs> if if all this sounds like I'm expecting far too much of an already futuristic and undoubtedly valuable technology, that's because I am. Video chatting used to be an upgrade on the alternative." Why would I email my friends who live in Bangkok when I could see their smiles, their new apartment and their newborn to be able to converse face to face from opposite sides of the planet with crisp video quality and only a minimal time lag seemed like a miraculous gift of the tech age. But these days when video chatting has to stand in for a whole social life's worth of in-person contact, it feels like a massive downgrade. Every Zoom call brings a painful reminder of what quarantine life is missing. There's no cruising at the virtual sex party. (laughs) There's no cruising at the virtual sex party. (laughs) No quiet side conversations at the virtual group dinner. That is true. You you can't have. Now it's interesting because like with Zoom, you can have breakout rooms, which I'm gonna use to that way for other people to kind of have. Conversations. Or I want to actually use it for games where we can break up into teams and we can split and come back. But it's true. You you can't have on the side conversations like you would. You know, um, the virtual disco is a depressing grid of homebound people staring at their screens from behind their coffee tables, watching themselves dance for other people who might not even be looking at them <laughs> at the virtual birthday party it's impossible to sing to the honoree in unison (laughs) when I hit the leave meeting button I'm back where I started lonely and alone, missing my friends, facing down the device I associated with all my most stressful work hours and consumption of bad news she really is hitting on some stuff, you know, and and I you know I want to say, you know, I try to avoid pessimism as much as possible um But she's she's hitting she's hitting the nail on the head, and I like it because it's it's more so realistic than pessimism. I still don't think we have to stay there, but neither does she. Sometimes during uh, my third week, sometime during my third week of lockdown, I realized I was starting to get comfortable with my new normal. My wife and I had found a more sustainable working from home rhythm. I no longer felt deflated when I remember that I had no weekend plans, and I enjoyed the extra time to cook and read. As I read about restaurants and theaters struggling from day to day to stay afloat while shut down, I began to worry that even when public spaces could safely reopen, people would have gotten so accustomed to spending their free time at home and socializing from afar, they had failed to return to these social gathering places. I kept thinking about something My remote work slate uh, colleague and former dismemberment plan frontman Travis Morrison said at the beginning of our work from Home Spell about spending too much time in front of a screen. The computer, he said, can't start to seem like the thing that the world is in. And then uh, this is the, the last part right here. And then this article. Okay, last last uh, paragraph. For many of us, the world inside a computer will prove an an inadequate scratcher of most of our basic human itches. Now that I'm surpassing two months of social isolation, I no longer fear for the future of IRL, of IRL gatherings. For one thing, my comfort in quarantine ebbs and flows one day i'm happy to eat a nice lunch at home rather than an overpriced salad at my desk the next i'm crawling out of my skin craving a messy night out (laughs) more important this quarantine has given 21st century humanity its first glimpse at what it might feel like to confine even more of our lives to the world behind the screen and it's a deeply unsatisfying view Video chatting is exhausting. Live stream events are a snooze. Turns out virtual life is a sorry substitute for a real one. Maybe that's a good thing. And that's the end of this article. I think I think this was a great article once again by Christina Kataruchi. And, you know, I want to say this. She has a lot of good points. A lot of good points. I really feel that The most appropriate way to look at this is not to look at it as a replacement for real life activities, not to look at it as a substitute, even though right now for many of us it is playing a substitute. You know, that's why I like what she's saying because she's at least pointing out some things that we need to know in order to understand the cons as well as the pros of this kind of interacting. No, this can't replace. Hugging a person, being in front of them, seeing their reaction, shaking their hand, hitting them on the shoulder when you laugh. Like, it can't replace that. I think the most healthy way to look at this is to not think that it's supposed to or not look at it like it's supposed to. Brother Youssef, how's it going? See, this is one of the benefits of this kind of conversation. And let's talk, I want to talk about that for a few minutes. Let's talk about the benefits that the virtual conversation has that the actual in-person conversation doesn't. So there's no way that I could do what I just did in a real life conversation where someone who is nowhere near me in proximity could just be with me and I can say hello to them and they can see what I'm up to and what I'm doing and I can say hi to them and see how they're doing. Not like that. I almost, I look at really Zoom conferencing and video chatting and live streaming. I really look at it as like an advanced three-way calling system. And I think that's the. I think if you look at it that way, then it puts everything into perspective. This is literally just advanced three-way calling. You know, in the mid '90s, we or maybe early '90s, whenever it, it happened, we had the ability to take our phones and instead of just calling one person, we got a chance to call several people and talk to them at the same time. Zoom conferencing is advanced three-way calling. You have the ability. To not only talk to multiple people at the same time, but see them and send them messages on the side in another chat and send them links to things you want them to see, which links weren't even a thing in the 90s. You could send them something. I mean, imagine having this conversation in the 90s. Like, imagine being able to say, you know, like, I'm thinking about while I was using three-way. If someone had said to me, hey, so you like this three-way thing, huh? Well... Soon you're gonna this thing is gonna be like three-way on steroids. Hey Miss Jenna, thanks for hanging out. Lovely Miss Jenna. Um you know you're gonna have three-way on steroids soon. And I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, Well, instead of just calling, you know, two of your friends and being able to talk to them, you're gonna be able to call hundreds of your friends at the same time. And you're gonna be able to see them and you're gonna be able to show them things that you want them to see. And I'll and I might say, oh, so you mean like if I if I wanna hold up this this uh this microphone and tell them that this is the microphone that I use for all my uh let's see if I can put this close so you can see. This is the microphone that I use for all my stuff when I'm recording the, the sure MV88 for those watching, it's the iPhone microphone. I have a whole video on it, go check it out. But if I'm like, oh yeah, you mean, and they're like, well yeah, that. But also, you'll be able to just like literally show them a high definition version of that if you want them to see where they can buy that. Like, I'm like, what? You, like, what are you talking about? And you, I can send them messages while I'm talking to them. I can actually send them written messages. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's that's what I would have been saying in the mid '90s. What the hell are we talking about right now? You know. And then, if they, and then if you said, like, yeah, and then you'll also be able to record that three-way call so that, like, if you're having a three-way call where you're talking about, you know, uh, teaching people something and helping them out with music or talking to them about, you know, how to avoid carpal tunnel syndrome, like, you'll be able to record that. And then you can, s- others of your friends can watch that, too, on, like, your own television station, That's called YouTube that you can name and customize. Like, I don't be like, what? What are we talking about right now? Like, that's bananas. Our brains couldn't even fathom that kind of stuff, right? Well, some of us did, and that's why we got on to inventing it, but many of us couldn't fathom that. So I would have been blown away, and I wouldn't have at all thought like, oh man, Like, so this is meant to take the place of seeing my friends in person. Like, not at all. I've been like, wow, that's an amazing extra benefit. (laughs) Yeah. And then also, in addition to that, you'll be able to send this to others of your friends. You'll be able to take pictures while you're on camera together and make silly faces like, ah, you know. (laughs) And you'll be able to put, like, other things over your face so that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you have, like, these things around you like uh let's see if I can get it in here. you know you'll have laughy faces around you and then your face will look like a dog and when you stick out your tongue it'll look like a tongue sticking out of your mouth and you know if you want to have some nice flowers around you while you're just hanging out like I'm just saying these things would not have been a thought so it's an advantage. Thinking about it that way and yes it has its real cons for sure you know has its real cons right now we're just forced to use this to replace things but what I get excited about is that we've been forced to 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 actually develop a new appreciation for something we've been forced to actually learn how to communicate in a different way that at times and for certain things is way more important than meeting in person the whole other article that I would write about this and maybe that I will write is just like <clears throat> what about all the meetings that this this is like a solution of cause you didn't wanna drive halfway across the you know the, the city or you really didn't want to be sitting with this person because it was gonna be too frustrating and you just you'd rather do a quick call. Um, what about when it was like, you know, you were able to attend way more meetings? you know, for things where it was just kind of in and out. It was just, it was about going down some information, listening. In fact, you could listen while you were doing something else and you didn't have to take the time out to drive and go use gas and sit, you know, in somebody's place. You could just do it while you were multitasking and be like, yep, yep, yep. Cool. Got it. Boom. Send that to me. And you can get 50 meetings done in a day instead of 12, you know? And so, you know, there's so many other ways that this benefits our life. So, I really appreciated this article. I like looking at it from both sides of the spectrum, and I like being able to see things for the pros and cons and then to focus on the cons i mean to focus on the pros and to not be weighed down by the cons. If we don't look at this as the thing that's supposed to replace our social gatherings, then this is the greatest thing ever. If we look at this as something that I wonder if people are going to value physical gatherings again. We're looking at the wrong way. Of course they will. There's nothing like I tell this to people all the time. This is another quick rant. And this is, I got to say this for everybody out there, for all the artists and musicians that are on this, like I don't live stream because then people won't come to shows. Dude, sis, like people aren't going to come to your shows if they aren't going to come to your shows, period. Like, If a person does not want to get out and support you they're just not going to get out and support you they're not going to then not get out and support you because they can watch you live because everybody that experiences music or experiences art or something else knows that there is no better experience than experiencing it live it cannot take the place of it watching it on a computer screen so to be honest it doesn't affect your numbers but if you flip your brain and stop thinking about it like it's either that people will attend or not watch me and you use it to actually reach more people you use it to reach the people who then you're able to gain like their like you know their interest because of the fact that they got a chance to sit down and watch you then you then you realize or when you do something like put it on a Facebook public figure page and then you realize what you were doing in the video who you are and who that might appeal to And you take that and you put lunch money, $1, $5, $10 on it, and you strategically get it in front of the people who you are their cup of tea and they just don't know it yet. But as soon as they know it, then boom, like you've made a new friend. Like this stuff, it's it's all mindset and it's optimism versus pessimism. It is glass half empty versus glass half full. The other reason, uh, the other way that I thought about this over the years, and I used to talk about this way before this technology was with burning CDs, you know, um, I understand because I'm an artist, so I understand like, or well, as Erica Badu said, I'm an artist, so I'm sensitive about my shit, <laughs> so I get the idea of like, okay, I don't want people to burn my CDs because, you know, then everybody would burn, but I thought about it one day and I said, wait a minute, let me think about this thing for a second. So if there's a person who wasn't going to buy my music, period, because they just didn't have the interest, they didn't have somebody else validating it or giving them the, um, you know, the, the, uh, the recommendation, you know, that we that, that's really the deepest, like, form of connecting to something is being recommended by somebody you trust. Like, if a person doesn't have that, and so they have no interest to check out my music at all, well... If they weren't gonna buy it anyway, then I would love for them to have a burned copy of my project because that might be just enough to allow them in the future to say, like, to become a diehard fan and purchase my product. Or they may not ever purchase it, but if my bottom line is to heal and to touch the world through music and musical vibes, then I've actually accomplished my goal. And if I don't, if I'm not with this or at least open to it, then that kind of actually really questions my whole motive. Like, yes. We need to make our ends meet, but I'm just a person who believes in like the the the, um, the rule of reciprocity. I really believe that like you like the more you give, like the more that will just come your way from giving. And and not saying it's a like a binary thing like it always happens, but just in general, like you're creating a kind of environment, you're creating an, an aura, an ambience of giving. And like, anyway, so y'all get what I'm saying, you know? And so I just always felt like, wait a minute, if a person, like if you, if a person has a burn copy of a CD and they weren't going to buy a CD, they weren't going to buy it anyway. So you're not losing money. Like you, you're not actually losing money. They weren't going to buy it anyway. You're possibly gaining a new friend, a new follower, a new family member, um, or you saved somebody's life. And and that's worth it if you really are down for the cause and, like, you're really about what most people say, which is, like, really just touching people with whatever it is. You could, you could replace it with whatever you want. Keith Matthews, thanks for hanging out. Um, yeah, so I just really feel like it's glass half empty versus glass half full. Let's not look at these Zoom gatherings as a thing that's supposed to replace... Let's just look at it right now as an aid to help us to continue to connecting during a time where we physically can't connect. And then let's know from an optimistic place that in the future, what that means is when we get back, not when we get back, when we get to our new norms that we are creating right now, then these will be wonderful branches added onto the equation. Now, if you work at your job and they used to call, you used to have to go in on Mondays, to just sit there all day for staff meetings, chances are they're going to use Zoom to do their staff meetings because even the boss who gets on your nerves doesn't really feel like driving if she or he doesn't have to. Guess what? New things in the equation, you know? Or it could be like like my favorite um, entrepreneur, Gary V. He talked about this like a couple weeks ago. He said, you know, with... And, and he runs a thousand-person... Uh, a company, a thousand person media agency where he is there every day for at least 16, 17, 18 hours a day, you know, and you can check him out online. Gary VEE, check him out online. And he said in one of his, um, one of his zoom, uh, you know, live streams, his daily zoom live streams, he was saying, you know, he said, I'm, he said, I never thought I would say this, but as much as I, as much as I keep working home separate and I'm, and I'm at work, he's like, I'm actually thinking about doing a mandatory day where we stay home. He said, because I've gotten so much accomplished in these days. And, and what he's talking about is exactly what I hit on And when it comes to the meetings. He has a lot of meetings every day. So to be able to do those meetings back to back and not to ever leave his home or change, you know, locations or other people have to come in, he can actually get more meetings done. And for him, he's about efficiency and getting the most bang out of your buck. So, yeah. So that's my response, you know, I know it's kind of long. I went on a couple of rants, but that's my response. I'm going to read a couple of comments and we're out of here. Keith says gatherings as a thing that's supposed to replace Um, gatherings as a thing that's supposed to replace let's just look at it right now you help us to continue to connecting thanks a lot Keith because and that's what I'm saying that's really what it's about it's it's about not replacing but using it as an aid it's an aid as long as you think about it as an aid and you don't think about it as having to replace peace brother Youssef. how are you sir yeah, so that's about it. Drop a line with your thoughts about this. Take it from the top if you just got here. And um, yeah, this is yet another article response. Take care as always. Peace. Yeah. So to help me to make more content like this, please see the info in the description or comments. Thanks so much for watching. And if we're not already connected on all my other homes, the Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, etc. where you can find me, me, at Aaron Hill TV, V, at Aaron Hill TV, V, at Aaron Hill TV, V, at Aaron Hill TV, Dot TV on IG.